Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Kate. Yes. Okay. So normally we have like this little like banter session before we like talk about what the podcast is and yep. what it does and all that. Okay, I'm skipping all that. Okay. This is Fusing and Kate. You're Kate. I'm Betsy. We talk about picture books, whether they're good or crap, and uh, and that's the end of it. <laughs> right? Cool. Well, the reason I say all this so quickly is that I we got a letter, and I want to read it now. Okay. Because it's going to feed into this very special episode, because. When this episode airs, what holiday will be coming right up? Thanksgiving. Correct. <laughs> Easter was the correct answer. No, Thanksgiving, you're right. And you had asked for a Thanksgiving-related book. Yes. Okay. I got this letter. All right. This is from Heather D., uh, who has written us before. And she says, hello, lovely ladies. Hello. Hello. Thanks for another entertaining review. I find myself with another question and perhaps a suggestion. Early in this episode, Betsy suggests that My Lucky Day, which was the last episode we did before uh, the one with the house and Mrs. Mouse. Okay. Yes. Might be considered a Thanksgiving book. This was too good an opportunity for me to pass up. My question is, what makes a book a holiday book? Is Just a Minute a Day of the Dead book, or is it more of a spooky season book? What criteria... Does a librarian use to decide which titles make it into a seasonal display? I have a 2003 book that I'd like to recommend as a Thanksgiving book. When Kiddo was in preschool, I suggested John J. Muth's version of Stone Soup for Storytime. We live on the West Coast, so the school had a very diverse student body, and I thought that Muth's book touched upon the positive principles of sharing and community that I consider the best for Thanksgiving. The folks at the school agreed, and had a stone soup feast that year. What are your thoughts on holiday books? Warm regards, Heather D. I'm going to ignore her question about what <laughs> constitutes a holiday book and okay. go straight to the suggestion of the book that she brought up. Now, she brought up stone soup. Have you ever heard of stone soup? No. Okay. She brings up stone soup from 2003 by John J. Booth. There is a much more famous version of stone soup that we have not done on this podcast. And in fact, I had thought about doing for quite some time. So here's the challenge, Kate. Do you want to do just the older version of Stone Soup? Or do you want to do it and the 2003 version of Stone Soup together? I mean, we got to compare the two, don't we? That's what we've done before. That would be the challenge, yes. Sure. Here's the extra part of the challenge. Uh Uh-oh. I have the physical older edition of Stone Soup and I have the ebook version Of the 2003 Stone Soup. You would have to compare the two in two entirely different formats. Are you up for it? Okay. Yay! Stone Soup! It won't, like, actually open my phone if I'm saying boo boo I'm assuming it's called the same thing, so... No, no, no. It's very important for me to hold up the cover, though. Boo! Oh, okay, Stone Soup again. Yay, Stone Soup! 
And one is by Marsha Brown. One is by John J. Muth. Yay! But it's the same story. Same story. Same words? Maybe? Okay. Go find out. All right. Okay. While Kate does her reads, let's talk about Marsha Brown. Yeah, I, I could talk about John J. Muth. There is plenty of time to talk about John J. Muth. The man's going to be around for a while. He's going to keep making books. He made a book. We're going to get to it. Don't worry. But for now, eh, let's talk about Marsha Brown. Because she is very famous for a couple different reasons. For one thing, she has three Caldecott wins and six Caldecott honors. I could be wrong, but I think to this day she holds the record for the most Caldecotts. She died in 2015. And I had a friend, Jan Lamb, who was the head of the Central Children's Room, who visited her in California. And uh, we'll get to that in a second. Now, part of what made her so remarkable was that she worked in so many different mediums. She had woodcuts, Chinese calligraphy. Uh, I've never been able to pronounce this. So gouache, sure. Pastels, pen and inks, and more. Between 1943 and 1948, she worked in one particular place that has always been near and dear to my heart, the Central Children's Room of the New York Public Library. That's right. That's where I used to work, baby. And guess who my boss was, eventually? Uh, Jan Lamb. Uh, we'll get to it. But while she was at the Central Children's Room, she sort of developed her storytelling skills, her foundation in children's literature, and that would serve her as an author and illustrator. She is probably one of the very rare librarians that have made that successful transition to artist as well. The only person I've seen do that lately uh, is Travis Jonker. Ah, fun fact, you should look at his upcoming Snowflake book. Quite good. Anyway, getting back to Marsha Brown. She was visited, as I say, by Jan Lamb. And in her obituary uh, in SLJ, they talked about this. And Jan said that she visited her in the early 2000s at her studio in Laguna Hills. At the time, she was exploring the art of Chinese brush painting. So there were scores of sheets of paper hanging from clotheslines that she had strung throughout. Her excitement and warmth were infectious. I can still picture us, sitting around on folding chairs, quite literally surrounded by her art, chatting and laughing as if we'd known each other for years. Marsha was an artist who was constantly challenging herself and pushing the envelope creatively. And as it turns out, Stone Soup continues to be one of Simon & Schuster's best-selling titles more than 70 years after it was first published. Okay, two books. Yes. How do you want to do this? At the same time. At the simultaneous <laughs> Stone Soups. That's how I read them was at the same time. Double supification. I love it. All right, let's do it. So the older version, I'm just going to refer to it as the older version and the newer version. That's fine, because I can't remember what year it came out. Okay, so the cool. older version cover is three, like, looks like Dutch people dancing around a boiling pot. The shoes pot. make it look Dutch, yes. Exactly, because they're wearing clogs. Clogs. Whereas the new version is just a bowl, a spoon, and three rocks, so that's not nearly Aren't as their fun. Are faces looking down at the food in the new one? Okay, so the cover of the new one is 
Well, it's not it's not nearly as joyful though. There's no one dancing. It's people throwing stones at stuff. <laughs> throwing throwing stones at you because yeah, you, you are so you are at the stoned. bottom of the pot. You are being stoned. Okay, so well, that's not very cheery. I agree. Yeah, no, I'm kind of with the uh, the old version as far as the cover. <laughs> yeah, the old cover a lot more giddy. Also, before the title page or before yeah the title page of the old one mm-hmm. is that an old man playing the bagpipes? <laughs> well, if that's bagpipes. Why would the Dutch be playing bagpipes? Also, it just looks like a giant inflatable something with a... I guess that's a bagpipe. That's yeah. a weird looking bagpipe. It's it's a Dutch bagpipe. Oh, yes. That famous Dutch bag. Oh, look. We are going to get oh, so yeah. many letters from people being like, I'm sorry, you don't know about the traditional Dutch bagpipe? Look, I lived in a city called Holland that was... We weren't constant bagpipers walking down the street? No, no, no. It was Dutch City, USA. It and, was Dutch City, USA, and there, yeah. and there were no dutch bagpipes that you saw but did you hear that no okay Okay. so the old version is about three hungry soldiers and the new version is three monks wondering what makes someone happy oh interesting so the new one has a more philosophical bent and the older one has a more my tummy is empty bent yes right more of a trickster bent for the older one then i guess yes yeah which we'll get to okay that's interesting and the old version is that classical like black and white but we're going to use one color throughout the entire thing well it's cheaper to do it that way and, and they went with orange because <laughs> sure. that was the well you know dutch yeah, okay. wait sense. what okay is it does it yeah. is orange a dutch color uh-huh oh i didn't know that yeah huh. so wow. the but the new version i appreciate the art so much more because it's beautiful watercolors right so they are much more pleasing to the eye i mean they might might both be watercolors it's just in one case they used more colors i don't think the old one is watercolor it looks pretty it's hard to tell i guess you're right maybe Maybe not i don't know i don't it's not like they put the info in the front of the book art with the theater major (laughs) So, right. So in the old version, the story is three soldiers. They come across this town. They are hungry. They haven't eaten in two days and they're tired. And they just are hoping that this upcoming village will have food for them to eat and a place for them to sleep. And it's super unclear if they're the enemy or not, I should say. Yeah. Are they the conquering army or are they the home team? We, we don't know. But the, know. Uh, the in the old version, the people in the village feared strangers but it doesn't say why other than this like soldiers that come to town are always hungry and they the villagers have little food well and i assume that if you have soldiers coming to town who are always hungry they tend to raid your you know your town they steal your cows you know they run off with your food so this right. would make the people understandably fearful whereas in the new version it, it explains that famine floods and war have made the villagers untrusting of strangers that is also a legitimate reason both of these are very realistic yes whereas they they tackle it two different ways so in the old version like the people can see the soldiers coming to town and they're hiding their food uh you know they're they're, yeah, they're no, it makes putting, sense <laughs> yes yeah. and then when the soldiers come they actually address the soldiers they you know one by one people open their doors and they say no to the no. soldier's face whereas in the new version they just don't answer the door. Well, honestly, if I was... I, that actually makes more sense for the soldier version. If I've got three soldiers outside my door, I'm not opening my door. Whereas if I have three monks outside, I might be more inclined 
to open, open the, the door. door. However, yeah. they're going to make me feel a lot more guilty. That's true. So maybe I wouldn't open my door. Okay, so after all the villagers uh, in the old version say no uh, to the soldiers because they're super hungry, they don't have any food, uh, it says the three soldiers talked together. So they talk, we don't know what about, but then they tell the villagers or the peasants that they will make stone soup. Whereas in the new version, the monks think that people don't know happiness, so they want to show them how to make stone soup. Okay. All right. All right. In both cases, we're teaching y'all something. But in both stories, uh, the three men in each... They are men in both, yes. 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 Uh, they say they will need three round, smooth stones. Right. So no jaggedy little pebbles. No. <laughs> we're not eating that. Come on, people. Yep. And in the new version, a little girl helps out like she comes out she asks what they're doing Mm -hmm. because she's the only one like brave enough to confront them it says a brave little girl had been watching that's nice that's kind of nice you don't get many brave little girls in the older books that's for sure yeah and she comes out and she asks what they're doing and they have like a little pot but she decides to go home she says that her mom has a bigger pot so she runs home and her mom, she asks like what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then once the mom finds out, that's when she gets curious. And then the neighbors come out because they're curious. This is interesting how curiosity is how they lure people out of doors. Yes. You can get past distrust by being weird, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> that's the moral of the it story. It kind of <laughs> is. It's like if you, if you, or it's kind of like making a story. If you're making a weird story... People want to know more about the story. Yeah. And in the old version, you know, they they got a pot and they're just getting villagers to help build a fire, put water in the pot. Their stones look like cannonballs. Yeah. Okay. Well, they'd be very comfortable with that. They are big, round, smooth stones. Big, round, smooth stones. Yep. Yep. But in both versions, people are offering what they have, like, oh, I have salt. Oh, I have pepper. Oh, I have carrots. Man, I want to talk to that person who was like, I have salt. And everyone else is like offering actual food. Well, you start with the seasons. Okay. And then you work your way up. But salt got away with a lot. I don't know if it's a good thing to correlate soldiers and monks with, like, to be deceiving characters. Right. So in the soldier's case, it's clearly they're deceiving people so they can get a meal. And in the monk's case, they've prefaced it by saying, we're doing this for the greater good. So like, they, so they can teach know people happiness. happiness. Right. <laughs> Which also, we might get a good meal out of it. Oh, but in what a, a way, coincidence. Isn't that kind of still deceiving? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So is deception considered to be wrong? If you're doing it for the greater good, is it a good thing? I don't know. I'm. I, I mean, this would be a good debate question. It is. Yeah, I'm going to write my thesis on it. It's a thinker. It's a thinker. It's interesting what foods they decide to change out in the new version. Yeah. In the old version, they ask for beef, potatoes, barley, and milk. In the new milk. version, they ask for an onion, mushrooms, noodles, and pea pods. And then later on, they add all sorts of things that the old version wouldn't do because they're probably not in the Netherlands. Like, I don't <laughs> think that there's a lot of dumplings and bean curd and you know mung and winter melon and soy sauce and lily buds available you know in the netherlands yeah <laughs> no yeah <laughs> no. all that soy sauce yeah it's, mm, it's that a, sweet sweet dutch soy sauce it's a little more basic in the a little more basic it's in more the like version. beef yeah however it's really cute because once you know everyone is putting in all these different ingredients 
in the new version, everyone is looking down into the pot, including the cat. Oh, well done, kitty cat. Which is a great... Suddenly the cat comes out of nowhere and it's is like, It's a great oh, shot. <laughs> well, you know, he can smell all the delicious. And now which version is there a cat? In the new one. In the new one. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Whereas in the old one, there are zero pets, which I find odd. Well, they ate them. No, no <laughs> dogs, no cats, no birds. It was, yeah, well. Nothing? Was, a war Nothing? went through. I don't know, man. You would think some stray animals would still be around. Right. Yeah. At least for, like, companionship. But maybe that's just another mouth to feed. Exactly. I mean, though cats tend to have a tendency to eat on their own, so you don't need to keep them around. I mean, well, I guess they would eat the mice. Exactly. Yeah. In the old version, the peasants asked themselves, uh, you know, would not such a soup require bread and cider? So Europeans prefer bread and cider, whereas in the new version, they prefer steamed buns and tea. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> well the, you know they both sound good you know for a meal you know sure yeah. yeah and then like everyone gets together and they all sit down and in the new version it's like the first time everyone has gotten to sit down and be together which right. is really nice and they have these beautiful lanterns and then in the old version everyone just gets drunk and starts dancing so <laughs> these both, you know what these both feel like they feel like post-pandemic books to me oh about getting together with a community yeah after you haven't for a long time and yeah. Yeah. And in we, the, we need a, oh, we need a post-pandemic stone soup. Someone needs to do that. Oh, okay. yeah. Come on, get on that, people. <laughs> chop, chop. And then in the uh, in the new version, the monks do these really cool shadow puppets to entertain all the people in the town at night. Aw, which is nice. Yeah, it's really clever. Yeah. All the soldiers do is... Get drunk. Get drunk and dance. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's accurate. That's about I'm going to go with it, yeah. Now, in the new version, it just says that the monks are given comfortable places to sleep. Okay. Whereas in the old version, each soldier gets to sleep at a different person's house. Someone, one of the soldiers sleeps at uh, the priest's house. One of the soldiers sleeps at the baker's house. And the third soldier slept at the mayor's house. Ooh, because this tiny fancy. town has a mayor, apparently. Apparently. And he's got an extra bed. Yeah. Now, th- this is another reason why... I- Spoiler alert, I like the new version better. Oh, interesting. Um, the monks say thank you uh-huh. for having us as your guests. Nice. Whereas polite. The soldiers are not as polite. Ah, well, they are soldiers. Right. Yeah. Uh, the peasants in the older version thank the soldiers. For, oh, real? For, oh. oh. They're like, we'll never go hungry now that we know how to make soup from stones. And the soldiers say, oh, it's all in knowing how. And then they walk away. <laughs> Whereas in the new Suckers. version, yeah, in the new version, the monks say, thank you for having us as your guests. You have been most generous. And the villagers say, thank you with the gifts you have given. You will always have plenty. You have shown us that sharing makes us all richer. So, I mean, I do kind of like <laughs> not having to spell it out in I know. the older version. I, I know. It's kind of like, but the soldiers, here's tomorrow, kids. I know. <laughs> but, but the soldiers just seem... Not as yeah. grateful. They're a, no, no. They're very self-satisfied. Yeah. And they just seem more deceptive. And I... They, however, who would you rather hang out with? The soldiers seem like a good time. They they do. They were dancing up. But yeah. can they do shadow puppets? I don't think so. Ooh, well, no, they would ask. Now, the old version just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth because... On the very, well, I guess second to last page, there is an illustration of a man, a woman, and a child with a quote underneath that says, such men don't grow on every bush. (laughs) I don't know if that's a compliment, actually. (laughs) 
I, I, what is that about? Why uh, was what, that necessary? What unique fellers? Yeah. Can't grow them. And in the new version, there, there is... What a weird way to end. Yeah, but yeah. in the new version, there is a little back matter explaining where the roots of the story come from and why they decided to place this version in China. So oh, okay. Interesting. that's the end of the book. All right. Well, that's, that's a good, succinct encapsulation of the two versions. They're very different. Uh, I don't really have much to say. Uh, John J. Muth, we're going to... This is not his best-known book. We will do his best-known book when the time is right. Okay. Um, so why don't we just go into ratings time? Okay. So if <laughs> if the story is of white men taking advantage of the locals, <laughs> then that is definitely a way to commemorate Thanksgiving. I mean, absolutely. It's not wrong. <laughs> nope. Yeah. But if you look at it from the lens of people coming together to show that sharing makes everyone happy, that's a much better Thanksgiving moral, I think. Sharing is caring. I think I like the new version better. The art is so beautiful. The monks aren't pushy. The food is more creative. And the ending doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. Also, I love the black cat. Um, ah, that's I, why. I don't know if it's possible, but I would give the old version a four and the new version a six, so I'm a down-the-line five. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, it's funny. I told my husband tonight we were doing Stone Soup, and he was shocked, shocked that we hadn't done it before. Oh. He was like, oh, yeah, they read that aloud to me in school when I was a kid. So it's been around quite some time, and it is, it is a little weird that I hadn't thought of it till now. Not until... Uh, our Thanksgiving suggested it yeah. for Thanksgiving because it is about people coming together for a large meal. Yep. Enjoying one another's company. To feast. To feast. Yes. Uh, in spite of themselves. Yeah. yeah. Because now they're all going to be starving for the next, what, year? Well, if everyone <laughs> they gave just ate a all little, their food. I think the whole point is like if everybody gave a little bit of what they had. I mean, it's not like one person was living off of carrots and another person was living off of salt. Right. I still think that salt person got away with murder on this one. Like, oh, I got some rock that you can eat. Like, seriously, dude. Seriously. And he got like a whole meal out of it. So, you know, whoever gave the meat, that's the person you want to yeah. talk to in this case. Yeah. I'm actually very fond of the original version. Um, as you can even see from the cover, it's got a lot of energy. It's got a lot of life to it. It's got a story that has hung on for a very long time. This is nothing against the new version. I do like the new version. I think it's very pretty. But whereas you separated them into a four and a six, I'm actually making both of them a six. Oh. Well, yeah. Okay. For different reasons, but I feel they're both sixes. Well, with my five combined and your six yes. combined, yes. it's a 5.5. All right. So it's, so it's a classic. It's a toe over the line classic. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Letters time. Ooh. All right, so this is a response to the last picture book that we did. Need a house, call Ms. Mouse. Uh, my former co-worker, Christopher Hunt, wrote in and said, love this book. Actually, technically, he misspelled it as live this book, which I really enjoyed, but he meant love. He says, it's a treasure in our house. There's a copy in my father-in-law's bookshelf that we love that my wife grew up with. When our kids were little... Our very first Little Free Library visit resulted in finding our very own copy for our house. Brilliant book! And then, uh, as regards to the book we did before that, My Lucky Day, Lori wrote in and said, So good! Also, ready for anything, Badger's Fancy Meal and Wolf's Chicken Stew, among others. These were all made by the same person. Oh. I used to spend a month on Kaza every school year, and when teachers asked me for good read-alouds, I held these close to my chest. I was a stingy librarian. 
<laughs> so thank you, y'all. Big fans of those books. Well, and someone commented in our uh, Instagram with a link, but I couldn't click on it. So I actually like typed it in to see oh, what this do. link was. And it's to the Library of Congress authorities that shows uh, Doris Susan Smith. Yeah. She's still alive. I wondered if she was. Yeah. It, it wasn't that long ago. She was born March 25th, 1949 with no death date. So. Okay. So she's out there somewhere. Yep. If you're her neighbor, please walk <laughs> over, knock on her door and say, random podcast people think you're awesome. And like walk away <laughs> and she will not think that is weird at all. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, random person. Very cool. Grown up things we like. You go first. So I went out and saw the movie The Marvels. Oh. Um, which was delightful. I think okay. you one of the few who... Yeah, I was one it. of the few because all the fanboys were like, movie full of girls, whatever. I don't want to see that. Uh, movie full of girls, awesome, fun. Just fun. If you thought one space cat was good, how about an entire like fleet of space kittens? <laughs> Would you like a planet where people sing because that's their language because it's like a musical? But one, you know, the main character is bilingual there and, and he can both speak and sing. Oh. Um, it's just fun. You know, the Marvel movies have gotten so bleak. I saw Secret Invasion on TV and it was like torture sequences cutting off people's fingers and it was just not fun it was not fun and it was it had freaking scrolls in it it was not fun how do you make scrolls not fun scrolls are in this they're fun everybody's fun <laughs> the Kree are fun everyone's fun it's got three women putting their heart and soul into acting on this thing if you saw ms marvel and you enjoyed it and you want to see more of that, this is the movie you watch. So, I, I heard that yeah. you need to watch the show before no. you can watch the movie. 100% you do not have to watch the show. I mean, Kamala Khan's there, but what do you need to know? Uh, she has powers, they're light-based, and her parents love her very much. Literally, that's all you need to know. All you need to have seen was Ms. Marvel, because that does help a little bit, I would say. But even then, they kind of encapsulate that one quickly as well. You don't have to have seen uh, WandaVision, even though one of the characters got her powers from there. Literally, she's like, eh, I went through a witch hex and I got some powers. You went through a witch hex? Sure did. That's it. That's all the background <laughs> you need. The, it is a fun, enjoyable, you know, if, you, if you're just sick of like Marvel being so deadly serious these days and turning into DC, this is the movie to correct that. So go out there, even though it hasn't made any money at all, so it better go pretty quick. Uh, but it's worth saying. It's great. Okay. And cats eat lots of people. Yay. <laughs> I saw there was... So you know the sphere in uh, in Las Vegas? It's the new... It's essentially a giant, like, ball. Okay. Sure. Uh, where they can project onto it. I mm -hmm. saw there was a, an advertisement for this movie where it's the cat... And then, spoiler alert, there's like an alien or something inside of the cat. Oh, yeah, the cat is an alien. He just eats people with big tentacles, yes. Right, right, right. So it, it, the cat is on the side of this giant ball. It opens its mouth, and the entire ball is then covered in tentacles. Oh, that is cool. There is a, a shot of the cat cleaning himself where the tentacles are coming out, and everyone's like, ugh, ugh, don't do that. But it's the most realistic cat cleaning itself sequence I've ever seen on, TV, on any movie. So, All yeah, right. It's great. Well, I wanted to, my grown-up thing, I wanted to keep in the spirit of Thanksgiving nice. and food. And I, my grown-up thing is your apple pie recipe. Oh, thank you very much. It is 
delectable. Thank you. I made it for the first time. Oh, nice. I brought it to a game night with a bunch of people I didn't know. I told people, if this sucks, blame my sister. Wonderful. Wait, what? <laughs> and it was delicious, and it, it's it's all gone. So Good. Well, that's a good sign of pie. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we should put it on your, your show yeah, notes. Yeah, sure. I can put it in the show notes if you want my apple pie recipe. It's freaking delicious. Thank you. The first time I made it, I completely screwed up because I didn't peel the apples. <laughs> Oh. Let me tell you, if you don't peel the apples, recipe totally sucks. Because technically, it doesn't say to peel the apples. Peel, core, slice. Yeah. Yeah. I knew about the coring and the slicing part. Didn't, didn't know about the peeling part. Yeah. Yeah, and I just used a Pillsbury pie crust. Oh, yeah. Those work perfectly fine with Yeah. It. Though, I will say, I have started making my own pie crust because I was afraid to before. And uh, I can do it now. I can make a pie crust. Are you going to make a pie crust for this Thanksgiving? I am going to be making a pie crust for this Thanksgiving. Excellent. I'll be making my apple pie, actually. So Very there you nice. go. Yay! Apple pie! Well, I hope everyone has a happy Thanksgiving with however, or Friendsgiving, however you choose to celebrate. Yes, wherever you want to eat. Hope you have a good gathering with friends and or family or yourself, if that is what you prefer to do. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful. And until we figure out what next book we're going to do, I have been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our soupy sales is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.